you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. All right, a couple things. Uh, We are going to try to give some testimonies really quick for y'all. How many of you guys want to hear some cool testimonies? Um, we are going to be doing uh, our, twice a year we do an event, a lot of times we cancel Sunday morning service, and we go and blitz our neighborhood back here, and um, we are asking for folks to sign up on the app right now to join multiple different lanes of that. Normally we just go blitz all of Lakeland, but this semester we're just going to do the, our neighborhood. So we're going to knock on doors, we're going to tell people about the love of God, we're going to uh, give out groceries, we're going to have water, a big water war for the kids, we're going to feed everyone, send everyone home with groceries, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff, but uh, I need about 100 people. John Wesley said, give me 100 people who hate nothing but sin and want nothing but God, and we could change the known world. Um, and so that's always my heart when we get something like this, and so largely we see that. We're going to have opportunities for people to pick up trash in the neighborhood and a whole bunch of cool stuff, but we've been seeing a lot of fruit back here. We've been doing this event back there, not twice a year, but like weekly for about 10 years, and uh, this last semester we've been seeing some more fruit. Lorenzo, would you come up here, my man, and um, want to just uh, welcome one of my friends uh, and introduce him to y'all. Some of you may have been seeing this this dude. He tries to he tries to just like sit super quiet and, and uh, under the radar. So he's really excited about this moment right now uh, as he's uh, being pulled up here. And uh, so anyways, uh, this is my friend Lorenzo. Lorenzo, the mic's hot. Hold it up to your mouth. Lorenzo, can you just tell everyone what our church has meant to you? Because we did this event just recently, and um, that's how we met you. Tell us about it, man. Um, Briefly. Well, since I met Pastor Tim and other members from the way, um, I have changed my life around and got closer with God, meeting new people, getting more involved in the community. Um, in the men's group, I don't visit there three times. Um, I'm trying to get more and more involved with more people. So they have helped me out a lot in growing my faith back. Hey, how did, how did we meet? Um, well, last year I had heart failure. I moved back here to Lakeland. Um, I met Pastor Tim in um, Crystal Grove Park in my community, and ever since I met them, I've just been getting more involved and joined the church and got baptized and trying to move forward. That's awesome. I love you, bro. Thank you. my brother. So uh, we, we were nagging on him, as I do a lot of the people out there. We would just go knock on his door and be like, hey, man, uh, it's me again. And, uh, and then uh, he came out. Remember, Lorenzo, we, you actually won the raffle, the largest raffle that we did last year. Uh, my boy Kyle pulled, pulled his name out of the hat. We actually, we planned it, dude. It wasn't, no. Uh, uh, but he, he won this big old Blackstone grill, man. It was awesome, dude. And it was like $800 grill, man. He went home with it. And then uh, we just kept checking on him, checking on him. Now he's a member of our church. And uh, what I want you to know is that there's been several folks from the community. Miss Katie's here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of folks uh, and, a, and a lot of children. And we've had more than 20 kids join our church over this last semester just from the neighborhood. And, uh, but it's possible. So we're there all every week, and we, we need more folks to come out and help. But it's cool when we do these big events because we're able to make more traffic. Now, what's, what we're doing this semester and why we're only doing this as the only event and not going throughout Lakeland is because we're going to be launching our new church right there on their corner here in three months. 
And so we want to tell them that in two months, your church is going to be open. And uh, I think uh, the slogan is going to be uh, love people. What love? What is it? Love home? Love? Love people home. And so we want you to come out there and help us love people home. And uh, it's going to be pretty cool for them to know where they're going to church moving forward. We're just going to tell them, hey, your church is right here. We're waiting for you. And so anyways, it'll be pretty cool. Help us sign up on the app. The next thing I want to testify real quick about is the building. Uh, we told you we'll give you updates every week. Two weeks ago, we told you all we need $180,000 in the next six months. Dang. <laughs> Man, well, anyways, uh, we, we do need uh, some, some resources. We need you to continue praying and, and consider giving today uh, in regards to that. But I do want to give you an update. Uh, two weeks ago, we were able to transfer a, a large amount of money into our account. And then we were able to work with some of the trades to get their quotes down lower. And then w Pastor Tim uh, committed his church to helping him not be the only person over there every week. And I've been getting some folks coming. Shout out to William and everyone else that's here. It's been over there helping. Uh, we are going to build this church and it's going to be ready come January 1st. And so we were able to get that down from 180 all the way down to 90,000. Isn't that rad? So um, I do need your help though. I need you to pray for your staff for all the decisions that we're, we're making right now. We need you to pray for everyone that's over there working. We need you to pray about what you can give, and we need you to come out and help Tuesday night this week, Thursday night this week, Saturday this week. And every week for the next six weeks, we'll be out there Tuesday night, Thursday night, and all day Saturday. And uh, I'll be there Tuesdays and Thursdays also if you want to come, but we're opening up to everyone Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday. Does that make sense? Text the church and say, hey, we're coming uh, so that you don't just show up and, and you're sitting in the parking lot by yourself because some random thing happened that night and no one was there. But um, text the church, let us know you're coming. Does that make sense? Everyone good? Uh, I need your help because it's a lot of work for me to do, and we are building a church. But it has been pretty neat recently. I don't know why I never thought of this before, but this little like excitement's going off inside me because I'm realizing as I'm reading Scripture, the majority of the Old Testament is talking about building this temple, you know? And uh, we're building a, a habitation for the Holy Spirit. And that's just, it's really, um, it's really wild. You know, it's not as big and it's not as glorious, <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. And I think he's going to like this little place that he's going to come visit every day. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Cool. That was the second testimony that I had to give you guys. And we're going to try to open it up to some, some testimonies here in the church. And so my first one, who, uh, who just found out a couple minutes ago that I'm going to ask him to come up is Joshua Hansen. Josh, will you come, brother? What I'm doing is uh, today I'm, I'm picking on all the introverts. Everyone that loves to talk, I'm coming for you right now. Uh, Josh was told about a minute and a half ago that I'm coming. <laughs> He's going to be talking. So, uh, Josh, you got three minutes. Can I use the stool? Yes, sir. The sacred stool. So my testimony is pretty much about apathy, and I feel like that's something that a lot of us can relate to at some point in our lives. Um. Most of you probably don't know me. I've grown up in a Christian home my entire life. I've really had good influences around me most of my life, and even if there were bad influences, my parents like made sure that they didn't affect me in like a bad way. So like, as I was growing up, I felt like I didn't really need a deeper relationship with the Lord. Like I, I felt like I was okay with where I was at, and that I didn't really 
had the need to grow. And there was an event that kind of changed my mindset on that. Um, it was early this year in January. My uncle had tragically passed in his sleep. And during this time, I had probably one of the weirdest revelations of my life. Like, it's kind of hard to explain, but this was the most tragic and hardest thing I've been through in my life. And yet, not for a second, I had questioned the Lord. And so, like, I, I was wondering why, even though I was grieving so much, why I didn't question him. And so I realized that he, even though in the hardest times, he's still loving us. And that, like, he cares about us. And it was at that moment that I knew I needed to give him more. And that he deserved more from me, even though I knew that, like, yeah, he just, I realized that I needed to give him a lot more. So I believe it was in April I made the decision to get baptized for the first time. And just from that point, I've grown a lot this year. And so it's been really good. We love our youth. We love our youth. And we're so proud of the fire that's going on over there. Uh, kids, you guys are awesome. Young adults, there's a mantle. There's a calling on your life. Uh, we don't think, I don't, I don't even think the children, like I think some people look at children as if like they're insignificant. But I, uh, Melissa had shared with us a couple years ago um, <clears throat> that the Holy, that they don't have a smaller version of the Holy Spirit in them. And, uh, and so we believe that God is doing huge things in these kids. In fact, if you look throughout the nations, the biggest revivals that have happened in, in, in the world today come through the youth and come through the young adults and come through these college campuses. And, and so uh, we're excited. We're sending, I think Shasta said, 50-some kids to, uh, to, to a youth conference here in two weeks, in three weeks. And so uh, I'm pumped. Like, like when we talk to some of the other uh, churches in the area, uh, they're sending like 30 or 10 or 15 and they're like thousands of people in their church. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like we need to put these kids in a place where they're having radical encounters with the Holy Ghost, you know, like, and so anyways, I'm just proud of y'all for helping us send those people there. Um, uh, um, uh, um, um, your name, uh, you know who you are, bam. Swanson, 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 I. Somebody, Samsonite, that's it. I'm so close. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. This is my friend, Carrie. Carrie is making a huge impact in amongst our kids. And whether you realize it or not, your kids think she's famous. Hey, everyone. Uh, so I'm actually really nervous about this. I talk in front of thousands of people at ABA conferences and such. And I'm not nearly as nervous as I am about sharing my testimony. So growing up, um, I was raised in the church. I mean, like we were at church every day my whole life, um, six days a week. But my children's church leaders in church were sex trafficking me. Um, from very young to a teenager, and I found purpose in life in proving God wrong. I wanted to prove that he didn't exist, that you guys were all a bunch of fakers, and that the only reason you guys are in the church is to take advantage of people. So I became a children's leader. <laughs> um, I worked in the youth group, and I blended in with everyone else, and I was not a Christian. I led people to the Lord, and I was not a Christian. Um, 
And then one day I went to counseling and my counselor was the first person I ever admitted in my whole life that I was not a Christian. Um, none of my family knew, no one knew. And he said, what would it take for you to be a Christian? And I said, I don't know, signs, wonders, miracles, an angel in front of me, there's no way. Well, I went to bed that night. A few nights later, I had a dream about someone who I very much care about. And it was his entire children's life story that he had never told me. And I went, I talked to him and he confirmed that it was his whole life. And I was like, okay. So I went back to my counselor and my counselor was like, okay, so you'll become a Christian now, right? You got what you wanted. And I was like, well, if God's real, he sucks. Like he is just the worst. He didn't protect me. He didn't protect my family. Like how dare he? And we went on for weeks like this. And every week he would say, are you ready? And I would say, absolutely not. <laughs> he would say, are you ready? And one day he said, are you ready? And I said, if it will shut you up, then yes. And he was like, no, 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 that's not how this works. You have to be in it or out. And I was like, if it will shut you up, okay. Like, that was my thing. And um, Andrew was like, no, you have to make a decision right now. Are you going to serve the Lord or not? And I remember that day changing everything. I gave my life to Christ. Um, at that point, I was lying to everyone about so many things, like I can't even begin to explain all my lies. Um, and so after that, I started having to go back and fix everything. I had to go back and tell everyone the truth, including to my husband, who I took to a fake funeral, by the way, um, which is crazy. Um, so there were so many lies I had to fix, and every time I did, God would work through it. And there is no such thing as easy when it comes to me and God. Um, I get mad at him still to this day. I still cuss him out some days where I'm like, how dare you do this? Um, just recently when a baby died in our church, I had to go through it all over again. When, when I was a teenager, a baby died at my house while I was babysitting. And I had to go through all those feelings again of God, how dare you? But the truth is God has what's best for us. Um, but true healing didn't come for that particular story until... About a week ago, I choose to forgive God for Skylar's death, um, which I was not told to talk about right now, but God had it on my heart. I chose to forgive God for things that happened to me as a child. And then God was like, all right, time to forgive them. And I was like, I can't. I cannot forgive these men who are the world's worst men in my brain. And God was like, nope, it's time. <laughs> and I cried for three days straight. <laughs> um, and, but there was true healing from it. And now my prayer is for them to be saved and actually be able to share the gospel for real, not just teach kids and abuse kids, but actually be able to change their lives. So yeah, there's my story. What I appreciate about Carrie is she's raw and she's real. Um, I like that she's not polished, you know? She didn't get the memo. She was supposed to wear her shoes up to the altar when she, <laughs> you know, I guess this is holy ground kind of thing, you know? Carrie, we love you, and we love what the Holy Spirit, we have witnessed this year, Lola, doing you. It was an honor to baptize you in Guatemala. Um, I heard Carrie's leading a missions trip uh, in a couple months. If any of you guys want to go on a missions trip, I'm making this up right now, but um, kind of prophesying to her. Um, there's a, 
powerful call of God on her life and um, on your life. And you've, you're affecting um, a lot of people in a really intense way. You don't have the ability of sitting back. You are a front line. Um, she gets an idea and the words come out of her mouth before she intended to say it. And she's already doing it. And she's a 1% type of Christian. And um, you're a lot like Peter who thought Jesus was walking on water and jumped out of the boat before you <laughs> realized this may not be a good idea, you know? And it is. And uh, we're proud to see what the Holy Spirit's done in you. Cool. Can we do the sermon real quick? Um, I'm prepared to do this message this week and next week. Um, next week, we're going to do water baptism and baby dedications. And so if you want to sign up, now's your chance. Um, I just uh, Miss Linda, can you be a, a, a terrible, crazy lady for me and go to the back and just tell everyone not to come out front but to walk around? Wait. For the next 20 minutes, I'm just going to ask that no one walks around the room. Uh, this stays, I'm going to get a little more intense than normal because I feel like there's some things that's about to get um, serious in some conversations where you're at that you may not even realize. So if you would, no walking around for the next 20 minutes. Cool. Uh, we're going to talk about Israel for a couple minutes, and um, some of you know, don't know, have questions, what's going on, and I hope that I can answer them for you, um, but this war on Israel um, is, is, is most likely going to get more intense, and as it does, it's going to affect conversations that you're around, and I believe that the media is going to hijack these conversations and infiltrate the people around you to question the motives, the desire, and um, just create confusion in who Israel is and what their agenda is. And so prior to that happening, I just want to get back to the genesis of this conversation and make sure you understand what truth is, because uh, you're about to be exposed to a lot of facts. And I just want you to know, hmm, how do I say this? Facts are deceptive. Truths are deceptive. The things that you see that are 100% real is deceptive. There is only one truth, and we all submit our lives to it. It is the Word of God. Pastor Tim, what are you talking about? So we rewind back to four years ago. There began a lot of div division in our people. Uh, in our culture, during politics. And it became a blue-red conversation and an us versus them. And then there was a lot of racism conversation and uh, hatred and the police are bad. And no, these people are bad or these age groups are bad. Or did you see why these people attacked these people? They're terrible. And, and, and we began to see facts played out in front of us to create a narrative in our head that created more and more division. And as we were talking and trying to tell our story and prove our point that the doctors are wrong or these people are wrong or COVID is this and that is bad, what, all of the facts that we used to explain the truth that we knew played against us. There is only one truth. And what's about to happen is... Um, the, the enemy was just setting the table to create division. And it's going to happen, and it's important that you understand what our role is in this conversation. Does that make sense? 
Uh, let me, uh, could you all stand to your feet with me for the reading of God's word? This is what I know the scripture commands us to do, and I hope that you are wise enough to join me in this. First, uh, no, um, Psalms 122, verses 6 through 9, the scripture says this. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. And for the sake of the, of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Um, it says... Um, that all who love this city will prosper. I'm going to explain that really quick. Um, we're going to take an offering for Jerusalem here. I'm going to show you a video of a pastor that we support here as a church. Um, and so what you need to know is that it started uh, three and a half years ago. Uh, we started fundraising for our building. We hadn't been really saving money intentionally, uh, but we went and visited a pastor in California who was coaching us on how to how to do better at ministry. I need a lot of that kind of help. And um, this guy said that we encourage everyone that they should start giving to, directly to Israel. And so he encouraged us to take a percentage of our income that comes in through tithes and offerings and give it directly to Israel. And so he said that they had done that and it, and it changed their church. Well, we went to that meeting in November, and we pledged in December that we would start doing that. And in January, we found a ministry that we started giving to. And our finances changed immediately within our church. And we began the process of being able to save for the first time tens of thousands of dollars every month for the last three years. So much so that our little church has had the ability of saving over $700,000, I kid you not, in the last three years. I can't explain how much of a miracle that is, but I cater a lot of it to um, this idea that we should bless Israel. And so we're going to take an offering today, and I forgot to tell everyone in the first service how we do that. We take so many offerings in our church, if you're new here. Um, we have a box in the back where you can uh, write a check at or put your name on and just say this is for Israel, or you can give online today and just say this is for Israel, but uh, we would ask you to um, create a certain amount that goes for them. But this is a pastor friend of ours in Israel. We support him. Their ministry is called the King of Kings. And um, they are a church in Jerusalem that is right now helping soldiers and those that have been displaced from the war already. We have tried to serve those in need uh, by setting up Israel War Relief Fund. We've been able to feed already 80 soldiers yesterday morning. Today we fed 20 more families that were displaced from the south. They're moving. Uh, many of the families and cities are closed in the south and the north, pushing people to the center of Israel. We already had a housing crisis shortage, so this is certainly going uh, to stretch our system and our abilities. Uh, we brought up 660,000 reservists to join our standing army. So that's a major portion and percentage of our population is now engaged in warfare. This is, of course, disrupted 
Uh, in many towns and villages, it's disrupted the supply chain, stores, food, water, fuel. All of those things are now in short supply in many parts of Israel. We're doing our best to serve not only the local community of believers, but also uh, be a blessing to the unbelievers around us and especially to all of our soldiers. We know of at least 50 or more King of Kings related uh, soldiers that are now been deployed or called up in the reserves that are fighting on our behalf. Please pray for them. And if you want to give anything to the Israel War Relief Fund, there's a link in uh, in this email now that will help you to do that directly. Those of you that jumped in early and, and were our partners and said, we trust you, Thanks, here's some early seed money, start helping people. <clears throat> um, so what the scripture says is that those that bless Israel will be blessed. Um, it says, for the sake of my friends and family, I will say, may you have peace. Um, I want you to know that this war is going to affect us one way or another. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. And this conversation, it can get annoying as it even is just beginning, it, you know, and it's, it's going to get intense and it, you're going to get dragged into these conversations. And so I just want you to be prepared for what I believe the Lord wants you to understand before you get into these conversations. Um, oil is going to, is going to go up. Inflation's going to go up. Our, our dollar's going to get tight. I mean, everything's going to, going to get tight here in America. And there's going to be some weird things over the next several weeks or months, uh, because it looks like could be wrong. They're going to go into a full out war. And the conversations that's happening right now is that the other countries that are neighboring to Israel is going to attack. Um, and so what you need to be aware of is that this is a different kind of war. This isn't like one nation doesn't like the other nation. This is like everyone around Israel hates them. Not with like a, you know, we talk about um, racism in our country. Uh, this is a, like a, we want the entire race wiped off of the map and for these people to not exist, women, children, uh, uh, men. And so this is, this is ugly in the worst kind of evil way. And we condemn racism of any kind on any level, like we are to love one another. But what's happening is going to be more than unfair. So we first will pray for Israel, but I want to tell you that the, the conversations that's happening even on colleges, campuses, where this war is going to start fighting in our country, uh, and the reason why is because the enemy is going to try to pull uh, the support from Israel, and it's going to climb back up the ladder. I don't know if you noticed how our president seems like for the first time ever accidentally read a cue card and said that he supports Israel. Um, and uh, it was shocking to me, but uh, that may change as a large amount of politics are really going to clamor that they don't want to send their finances to another place that's at war and they don't want to get involved, but we will. Truth is going to be relative here. Some of the arguments are going to be that uh, the, Palestine, the Palestinians were there before Israel got there. True. That's, that's tr I want you to know there's no argument there. They were. The Israel was there before them. And before the people before that, 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 that. I'll show you the historic, all of the nations that have fought over that land and how Israel was there before them. And then 
Israel was conquered and uh, by a nation who was there before them, and then before them, before them, before them, there was another nation, another nation, another nation, another nation, and then there was Israel. And then, and it, but Israel was conquered, uh, and there was another nation before them, 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 and then there was Israel. Israel was always there before everyone else. It was always their place because the Father, in the genesis of this conversation, declared over Israel, over Jacob. He promised this man a land, and he promised it first to Abraham. And I just want you to see it in Scripture first, in Genesis chapter 15. Are you with me? Does this make sense? It's important that you understand, because the conversation is going to be, what you're going to see on phones, what the enemy is going to do is what he did during COVID. He's going to stir people into an argument that these people are bad because of look at what they're doing. War is about to happen and ugly things are going to take place. And war crimes are going to happen because there are bad people in the Israel army. Just like there are bad police officers. Just like there are bad pastors, as, as we just heard. Just like there are bad human beings on every side. And these things are going to be caught on tape and painted a picture of. Are you understanding? Genesis chapter 12 says this. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and I will be a blessing, and you will be a blessing to others. For I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt, and all of the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now this happened instantly with Abraham, this blessing, and then it happened with Jacob instantly, the war with him and his brother, and then it happened instantly with the next one and the next one and the next one, contempt that the Lord placed on those who, who rose up against uh, J Jacob and Israel. Are you with me? The land was instantly blessed uh, to Abraham. I have to make sure I read everything in the passage. So Abraham departed. Uh, so uh, all the families on the earth will be blessed through Abraham. Through Abram. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and he went, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And he, he took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot and all of the wealth and his livestock and all of the people that he had taken into his household at Haran, and he headed to the land of Canaan. And when he arrived at Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as this is a, one of those words, you got, if you don't hawk the loogie, you're not saying it right, and I'm not going to say it right. Then he sat up at camp beside the oak of Moriah, and at the time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you the land to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there, dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. The Lord gave him this land and said, it's your land, and Abraham built an altar there. Are you with me? It was first committed to him. Now, we have this mindset that this faith that we have is like ours, and that world revolves around America. That's not actually true at all. I don't know how to break it to you. This isn't even our faith. We were grafted into the Jewish faith. Salvation, the scripture says, is first for the Jew, and then to the Gentile. We are the Gentile, the uncircumcised Philistines, okay? We've been grafted into the Jewish faith. Jesus was not a Christian. He was a Jew who celebrated all of the Jewish feasts in Jerusalem. The whole world does not evolve around America. In fact, there's not a lot of scripture that mentions anything about the Western world. 
But it all does talk about Jerusalem. In fact, the whole world has always evolved around Israel. It has always been a center of the universe. They have fought for it, fought for it, fought for it. There is no land that has ever been bled over more than this land, and it's not done yet. In fact, the scripture, who is the only, uh, the, the, the scripture is the Holy Bible, is the only book in the world that doesn't just tell us the beginning. But it also tells us exactly what the end is going to look like. Says there is another war that is coming. And I get a sense, I could be wrong, but that, that sense is, that, that, that end could be happening a lot more rapidly than we know. In fact, as scripture, as I'm about to show you, is going to lay out, it could be happening a lot sooner than we think. It was always Israel's. The whole world revolves around him. And this is not our faith. It is Jesus was a Jewish man who celebrated all the Jewish feasts who came from Israel and is coming back to Israel first. Are you with me? But is it the Palestinians or is it the Jews? Here's what you need to know. It was first Abraham. It was given to Abraham and then given to Jacob. And then what happened was Jacob had 12 sons, and, uh, and Joseph had a dream, remember? And in that dream, he had a coat of many colors, and, and uh, his brothers all hated him, and they sold him into slavery, and he got sent off to where? To Egypt, right? And he rose up in power there, and there was a great famine in the land, and all of the known world was without food. But because of Joseph's wisdom that God gave him, he was able to provide for his brothers and create refuge. So his family came and was fed there in, in Israel. And then they, for the first time, became persecuted, where they were enslaved. It's always been persecuted, of the persecution of the Jews. They've always been mistreated. They've always been hated. Why? Because the scripture says that Israel is the apple of God's eye. The Lord adores them. And because the Lord adores them, Satan hates them. And because the Lord adores you, Satan hates you. And that's why you go through persecution and tribulation and tribulation and tribulation because the enemy roars around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And please understand, he is trying to devour you. He is trying to devour Israel right now. And all of the nations are planning it. They want to wipe them off the map. And so they're trying to bait them into make, doing something stupid, which... They decide it with 100% certainty they are doing, and I think it's pretty awesome. But I'm going to uh, wait on that moment. That was my opinion. I didn't mean that to come out. Israel was enslaved in Egypt. Uh, Abraham was pledged the land in the year 4100 B.C. 4,000 years ago, uh, I'm sorry, 2100 B.C., which is 4,000 years ago was when Abraham received the land. Now, they, they, the Israelites found freedom from, from Egypt uh, during Moses and the Red Sea passing in the year 1450. And they walked through the wilderness with the Israelites. Uh, they walked and they walked for 40 years until Joshua rose up and began conquering Ai and, and, and Jericho and all of the things. And they began taking back the land that was rightfully promised to them. Are you with me? And they lived there for many, many years. In fact, they lived there then because of Joshua. 
and they claimed back their land. They, they appointed a king. His name was Saul. And Saul, uh, then it was King David. And David decided to build a temple. And that temple became God's sacred dwelling on earth. It was a glorious and wonderful place. And then came Solomon who built that house for the Lord. And they were doing good for a few hundred years. And then Israel lost heart. They lost their devotion to the Lord. And people had always, always wanted to kill Israel. How do I know this? Well, let me just read you. Someone who, from their very mouth, King David said, Oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But I laid down and I slept, and yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. He said, I'm not afraid of the 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Do you hear that? Can you imagine going to bed knowing that there are thousands of enemies waiting to invade Florida? You wouldn't sleep very well. I mean, I remember just when COVID was going down and there were riots in the streets of other states. I remember when I found out that Polk County had its first like kind of riot downtown and like people were going crazy. And I was like, you know what? We got Sheriff Grady John. We're going to be all right. You know, like anyone else remember that? And it was almost like, should we be nervous? King David really had a reason to feel nervous because his people had already been slaughtered. And so they would reign until they fell away from the Lord. And then there was this place called Babylon that came and conquered Israel. And that place called Babylon is actually a very biblical name that has been changed because they were conquered and they are now the country of Iran, who is very much involved in this story. And you're going to hear about the prophetic words that were spoken about Babylon coming to invade Israel and the part that they're going to play in this. Now, I don't know about end-time prophecy. I am not a scholar. I am a pastor. My heart is to make sure that our hearts are ready for what is about to shake down, and we want to make sure that we know how to align our hearts with Scripture, not with what is about to be said as the enemy is going to really try to make Israel look shameful. Are you with me? There are riots on college campuses right now because people are standing with the Palestinians who were literally ordered, and it was broadcast through the world, like through every media, to go in, kidnap, rape, murder children, women, whomever you find. What kind of evil are we talking about? And people are standing with that kind of tone. It's bonkers. Sorry if that came off um, as an opinion. It's not. Much of a, yeah, it is an opinion. Okay, um, what you need to know is Babylon conquered them, and uh, then they were displaced for 40, 50, 60 years, and then one of the kings allowed them to return to their homeland and rebuild the temple. And that temple was rebuilt they were destroyed by Babylon in 586 B.C. The temple was rebuilt in 510 B.C. Are you with me? It was, they were destroyed, enslaved, murdered, killed, raped, everything, until it was rebuilt in 510. Then it was destroyed again after Christ came. Rome came along. And Rome decided they were going to burn everything to the ground, every nation, every tribe. And, and in, in, in 70 AD, 
the temple and all of Israel was destroyed again. Now, historically, it's important that you follow this track line because the Palestinians' home was not in Israel. Israel was there until their temple was destroyed and they had no government. And then they were dismembered, they were disbanded, and they had to become refugees throughout the known world. And what would happen is there in Israel, is Israel would be taken over by another nation, 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 by another nation. And then came the Palestinians. And what happened was Israel was gathered um, then, and it wasn't, they weren't gathered in Israel, in fact, they were gathered in Europe because the enemy hated them so much. During World War II, Hitler gathered them and murdered six million of them. They've always been hated by everyone in the known world for absolutely no reason. And because there was such a genocide put on their people and they had no homes to go back to after the war, they, re, they, they, they traveled back to their homeland as refugees and it was, it was declared by the UN that they would have a homeland again in Israel. And in 1948, it was declared that Israel would be a country again. Such a divine miracle took place, though. You need to understand that the reason why this took place was not because people were trying to show kindness to them. No, it was because it was prophesied about. Because this was always God's plan that in the last days, Israel will be here and all of the nations of the world will gather to fight and destroy them there in Israel. And so it's important that we pray for their peace and we pray for their protection and we pray for their safety regardless of what happens here. There is going to be an uprising where people think that they're, they're the evil ones. And we, as the people of God, must understand that we're grafted to them as children of Christ. Does this make sense? Now, this was biblically prophesied. I'm not someone who is a, pro a prophetic scholar. But I'm going to try to read you some prophetic things about the last days that I believe is happening. And you can see the divine miracle of this scripture being fulfilled in Ezekiel 37. Now, Israel is scattered throughout the nations. Hitler is murdering them, trying to wipe them off the face of the planet. And the scripture says this in one of the coolest scriptures in all the Bible. I've only ever read because I thought it was fascinating because this is the story of dry bones, man. I mean, this is Pentecost right here. This is dry bones rising up and all these things. And really what's happening is he's talking about the Lord making an army again. And I had no idea this is about us today. Check this out. Are you with me? I said all that to get you here. Ezekiel 37 says this. Verse 21, and give them this message from the sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. And I will bring them home to their own land from places where they have been scattered. And I will unify them into one nation under the mountains of Israel. You have to understand what a divine miracle it was for this nation that has been dismembered for almost 2,000 years that are scattered throughout the world for them to come back together under one nation and declared by the world 
to fulfill that scripture. That's how prophetic things are. And as you look at things on the, on, online and on the news, you're going to get a sense of chaos. Like things are completely out of order. But I want to let you know that's not the case. In fact, things are falling right into place. It just looks so messy on earth. But the divine hand of God is making something. And it's ugly and gross and crazy. And it's perfectly divine. And I don't understand it. Does that make sense so far? Now, if we were to read the next chapter, he would actually go on to say what will happen. Now, as you, as you, all on your news feeds, you're going to see more and more about end-time prophecy and end-time prophecy and end-time prophecy. And right here in the passage, he's going to say some things that will happen in the last days. Once Israel has been gathered as a nation, it says in verse 14, Son of man, I want you to prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. When my people are living in peace in their land, then I will rouse yourself. He's saying he's going he's gonna to make the enemy want to destroy Israel. You will come from your homeland in the distant north. What he's saying is this nation is coming from far north. I don't, I don't know how far north, but somehow some other nations are going to get involved in the last days. I don't know if these are the last days. All I know is that it is my job and your job to be ready for the return of Christ, which definitely seems like things are getting more biblical as the days approach. Are you still with me? Everyone say, yes, Pastor Tim, we still like you. He said, you will come from your homeland in the distant north with a vast cavalry of your mighty army, and you will attack my people Israel, covering their land with a cloud. Now, there is a little bit of specific things going on in that sentence that never before in history was it possible to cover a nation with a cloud. Until right now, you look at your phone, look at images of Israel right now, and what will you see? Clouds. From smoke bombs being dropped in Israel. And Israel is the side of Rhode Island, they said. I mean, this is like a small nation, dude. And all of these countries neighboring it want to just wipe it off the map. They want all of the people of Israel, all of the Israelites, to be gone. Just like they did in World War II. Just like they did during Rome. Just like they did during the Egyptians, just like the Babylonians did. Like, this is again and again and again and again. And then it says this at that time in the distant future, almost like he's saying, many thousand years from now, I will bring you against the land as everyone watches. Do you hear that? Never before in the history of mankind do we have the opportunity to all watch war. From the privacy of our own home. Church, if there's ever been a time to wake up, it's now. I don't know what's about to happen to Israel, but I know that they all of the countries said that if they invade the Gaza Strip, then they're coming for Israel. And what's gonna happen is the same thing that's happened in the past is all of the nations are gonna vow together, which you have to be careful of because that turns into revelation stuff. When the other nations begin making pacts together to invade Israel, we start talking about 
ten dragon heads and other things that gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Now, why is this all important, Pastor Tim? It's, it's not because I need you to actually be educated. And, and I don't even really need you to pray for Israel, although I think it's good for you to love and pray for what God loves. But there are people in your life right now that are asking questions for the first time in their life. And you need to know it's not about being right. That's what went wrong during COVID. People wanted to, wanted to be right. No, 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 no. You don't need to be right. You need them to know that the Lord is coming back and that the Lord is faithful and that the Lord loves you and has a plan for your life and that you need to be ready and that you need to be ready and that you need to be ready and that you need to be ready. This morning, I woke up to someone on, on my Facebook feed. They tagged me in a post. I haven't talked to this person in several years. They've been away from Christ for over 10 years. They used to love the Lord. And they repented about sexual immorality that they've done in their own life on Facebook. This was like a biblical repentance because they begin to go back to Scripture and realize what's coming. I want you to know, if you, if you are not right with Jesus... Now is the time you get right with the Lord. If you have friends and family that don't know the Lord, now is the time that you start praying and asking them questions. Don't try to change their mind. That will never work. But you can do what Jesus did. He, Jesus asked questions to people. And he, he got people thinking. And he befriended them and he got in their world and he was showed kindness to them. But now is the time that we start asking questions because people are thinking about wars and rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars. And we're living in a day and age where everyone is going to turn their back on Israel. And if our country does it, look out, Jack. I care about your love for Christ. Beloved, Jesus is coming back for his bride in a white dress, not one that's covered in stains, not one that's messy. If you're watching crap online that you're not supposed to be watching, stop. If you're saying things that you're not supposed to be saying, if you're entertaining conversations you're not supposed to be entertaining, this is the time that we get right with Jesus and we start doing the work of evangelists. Now, you, you're not all evangelists, but you're all called to preach the gospel. Every one of us. You are somebody's pastor. And now is the time that we wake up and start serving Christ Jesus. Are you with me? What I think is going to happen is that Israel, I believe, already started invading Gaza. And if that's the case, I think the other nations are going to hold to their word and they're going to declare war. And America is going to have to decide where they are in this situation. And if we get involved even for a little bit of time, which we have a history of pulling out of war way too early, Afghanistan, quite a mess, it, 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 this thing can escalate really quick, guys. And all I care about is souls. Souls. Souls souls. Would you do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes? I encourage you to pray for the peace of Israel. I encourage you to double down in conversations that are gross and awkward. But most importantly, I encourage you to make sure that you're living right for the Lord Jesus. He's worthy. He gave his life for you. 
when you were still playing a game. Some of you are here today and you're not fully devoted to the king. He has always been fully devoted to you. Today's the day I call you to take a stand for your faith and fully commit to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor Tim, I need to give my life to the Lord. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you. That's beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. It's awesome. Wow. These are holy moments. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Holy Spirit's here. God bless you. We're just going to call on the Lord together. We're all going to say this prayer. It's not just going to be those that raise your hands, but what we're going to do is we're just going to ask the Lord. We're going to thank him and ask him to forgive us. We're going to pray that he gives us his Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for seeing my heart and not my actions. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for dying for me, for giving your life so that I would be free. I ask you that you forgive me of my sins, my disobedience, my laziness, my rebellion. Wash me in your precious blood that you shed for me on Calvary. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. I need you. I want to live for you, Lord. I want to honor you. I pray your Holy Spirit comes into my life. I can't do this on my own. I don't even know how. Holy Spirit, would you come into my heart just like you promised. Forgive me and change me and give me your spirit. Jesus, glorious name. And all God's people said. <clears throat> um, there, was a, there was about 15 or 20 of us that raised our hands. And I think some of you were like genuinely re- like asking the Lord to make some change. So here's what you need to know has to happen. The same thing that happened to me. I remember the first time I raised my hand in a church. It was like I, I needed to get my hand up. And as soon as I got it up, it was so much relief. The next thing that you do is you ask for help. So there's a card in front of you. Please put your name on it. Check the box that said, I asked the Lord today. I received the Lord. Leave it here or in the offering box. We want to pray with you and for you because the enemy is going to try to come against you next. It's what happens. Amen, church? But we celebrate you. I mean, congratulations on being born again. In fact, um, there's two things that's happening next. We're going to do a water baptism next Sunday. You might That might be your week, man. Let's do what Josh said and Lorenzo said and Carrie said. I didn't even know 
really, I didn't plan this. The first service was about healing. The second service has been about salvation and deliverance. So the Lord's going to cut some things off here today and bring about new change. And we want to run this thing with you. God is good, and the call of God on your life is beautiful, and you're going to have to protect that right now. So um, fill out a card. Come and meet me. We're going to have some people down here after service that want to pray with you. Um, come, come pray with us. Tell us what's going on, and let us, let us ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. Does that make sense? I love you guys, and I love what we're doing together. Um, I love that we're building a church together. I love that we're building the kingdom together. And please know that, man, that you're really going to ministry tomorrow. Y'all are going into the mission field tomorrow morning, today. And uh, you're going to go reach people with the gospel of Jesus. So uh, there's connect groups all around town. Well, we invite you to come Tuesday night, Thursday night, and all day Saturday. We're going to be over in the building doing some, some, some stuff. You can paint. You can clean. Or you can do physical labor. Um, all of those things we need help with. Uh, but... We're doing an outreach here in two weeks on October 28th. And um, we want you to sign up on the app for I love you guys. Can I have the prayer warriors come up front and for the prayer partners and pray with us? And um, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you guys. Is that cool? We're going to pray for the peace of Israel, and then I'm going to dismiss y'all. Lord Jesus, that pastor on that video, he's talking about people that are homeless and don't have food, that were living normal two weeks ago. I can't imagine that. But I, I'm asking right now that you'd give them strategy and that you would protect them and that you'd, you, that you, I pray peace and protection over that country and over that church. And, and I pray for the president uh, of Israel that you would give them the correct strategies, um, delicate strategies, where they're sending troops and what's happening. Lord, just, um, I know you have a plan and we thank you for your plan and we trust your plan. And uh, we just give you all the praise and all the honor and all God's people said. Amen. I love you guys. Uh, there's prayer partners down front. If you made a decision today, fill out a card. I love you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.